Hello there, this is Evangelist Timothy Hoover coming to you with yet another edition of the Word of the King. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 4 says, Where the word of a king is, there is power who may say unto him, What doest thou? Today on the Word of the King, we are going to be discussing the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God. And before we get started, I would like to have a word of prayer. And also read something that I thought was very, very uh, much a blessing to consider. Let's have a word of prayer first. Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, I come to you, dear Lord God, now, and I beseech you, dear Lord God, that you would, again, have your hand of anointing upon me, dear Lord God, hide me behind the cross, Lord God, as I seek, dear Lord God, to exalt you, the triune Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, through the word of you, the living God, as we're going to be looking today by your grace and wisdom. The wisdom of you, the living God, is found in the book of Proverbs, chapter 8, the first part of chapter 9. Lord God, we just pray, Lord God, that again, you would help us, Lord God. I even ask now, Lord, even ask you, I even ask you now, Lord God, to give me more wisdom, even as we're told in your word, Lord God, that you give to all who ask, and you upbraideth not, and give liberally. Lord God, I ask for more wisdom even now, not only on my behalf, but on behalf of all my listeners, dear Lord God, those who are listening to this broadcast, Lord. I pray for a greater understanding, dear God, of the truths of your word, dear God, and I pray the same, dear God, for my listeners, for those who are listening to this edition of the Word of the King. And Lord God, I pray now, Lord God, that you would, again, Lord God, just go forth, Father, drawing souls of the Son who have yet to be drawn, that the Son of you, the living God, would go forth quickening whom he will, the Spirit of grace and supplications, by the power of the Spirit of God, would go forth quickening souls from the deadness of trespasses and sins, making them dead to sin and alive unto you, the living God. For it's in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. I pray also that your elect, dear God, who have already been quickened by grace through faith, they would also be edified, that they would also be exhorted, Lord God, and encouraged, provoked all the more, and to love and good works, and to pursue all the more a greater knowledge of your wisdom as a result of this broadcast. In Jesus' name I pray and give thanks. Amen. I have in front of me here something that was on a prayer sheet that I had received recently. It's entitled, The Most Beautiful Flower. The part bench was deserted as I sat down to read beneath the long, straggly branches of an old willow tree. Disillusioned by life with good reason of, to frown, for the world was intent on dragging me down. And if that weren't enough to ruin my day, a young boy out of breath approached me, all tired from play. He stood right before me with his head tilted down and said with great excitement, Look what I found! In his hand was a flower, and what a pitiful sight! with its petals all worn, not enough rain or too little light. Wanting him to take his dead flower and go off to play, I faked a small smile and then shifted away, but instead of retreating, he sat next to my side and placed the flower to his nose and declared with overacted surprise, It sure smells pretty and it's beautiful too. That's why I picked it here. It's for you. The wheat before me was dying or dead, not vibrant of colors, orange, yellow, or red, but I knew I must take it, or he might never leave. So I reached for the flower and replied, just what I need. But instead of him placing the flower in my hand, he held it midair without reason or plan. It was then that I noticed for the very first time the weed-toting boy could not see. He was blind. I heard my voice quiver. Tears shone in the sun as I thanked him for picking the very best one. You're welcome, he smiled, and then ran off to play, unaware of the impact he'd had on my day. I sat there and wondered how he managed to see a self-pitying woman beneath an old willow tree, 
How did he know of my self-indulged plight? Perhaps from his heart he'd been blessed with true sight. Through the eyes of a blind child at last I could see. The problem was not with the world, the problem was me. And for all those times I myself had been blind, I vowed to see the beauty in life and appreciate every second it's mine. And then I held that wooded flower up to my nose and breathed in the fragrance of a beautiful rose and smiled as I watched that young boy. Another weed in his hand, another about to change the life of an unsuspecting old man. John 16, verse 33, These things that I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace, and the world ye shall have tribulation, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And when I think about the most beautiful flower, I couldn't help but think of Jesus Christ as the rose of Sharon, as it is written in Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 1, the bridegroom says to the bride, albeit the Lord Jesus Christ, a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ saying to his bride, which I am a part of, and I pray and I trust that you're a part of, dear listener. He says in Song of Solomon 2, verse 1, I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys. This is, I would think about Jesus Christ, the rose of Sharon, and the most beautiful flower. Think about what you just heard there. Tell me, does that describe you, listener, blaming all of this world on your problems when the root of the problem lies in you? And the fact that you have sinned? lying at the door of your heart, so to speak, as a transgressor against God Almighty. Consider that now as we play this song on the mercy of God and how the mercy of God came to me. Thank you. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Doth not wisdom cry, and understand put forth her voice? She standeth in the top of high places by the way, in the places of the paths. She crieth at the gates, at the entry of the city, at the coming in at the doors. Unto you, O men, I call, my voice is to the sons of man. Reminded of St. John 7 and how Jesus it is written of him. St. John, chapter 7, verse 37. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Verse 38, He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Verse 39, But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Verse 40, Many of the people therefore, when they heard this saying, said of a truth, this is the prophet. Oh, indeed, Jesus Christ was indeed that prophet like unto Moses, and yet more than a prophet. It's the Son of God, God manifest in the flesh. Wisdom incarnate. The wisdom of God Almighty come down from heaven to man. What humility, what humility, what condescension. He would come down and consider the sons of men so much as to dwell in their midst. Verse 5 of Song of Solomon, chapter 8. Or excuse me, chapter 8 of Prophet. Proverbs, the Proverbs, excuse me. Verse 5. O ye simple, understand wisdom, and ye fools, be given understanding heart. Verse 6. Here, for I will speak of excellent things, and the opening of my lips shall be right things. For my mouth shall speak truth, and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. O ye simple, understand wisdom, and yet man by nature, being at enmity with God, did not possess any understanding, hence even as he came down to the sons of man. Wisdom, God Almighty, wisdom incarnate, the Lord Jesus Christ, he came to give an understanding to men. They might understand and receive the things of the Spirit, for we know the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. We're told in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 14. Verse 6, I will speak of excellent things, and the opening of my lips shall be right things. Verse 7, for my mouth shall speak truth, and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. Jesus Christ, he spake those things which he was taught of his Father to speak. And everything he spake was indeed truth. Hence, Jesus had all the more authority to declare himself the way, the truth, and the life, as it is written in St. John 14, verse 6, when he said, No man cometh unto me, but by the Father, for I am the way, the truth, and the life. Truth, the revelation unto true hope. Wickedness has always been and always will be an abomination to his lips. He told sinners in his day, he said, How can ye then speak good things when your heart is evil? He told them in so many words. Verse 8, All the words of my mouth are unrighteousness. There is nothing forward or perverse in them. Verse 9, Proverbs chapter 8, They are all plain to him that understandeth and write to them that find knowledge. Verse 10, Receive my instruction, and not silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold. Oh, when I think of receive my instruction, and not silver and knowledge rather than choice gold, I'm reminded of First Peter chapter 1, where we're told, For as much then as ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb, without blemish and without spot, the precious blood of Christ, the precious blood of wisdom incarnate, wisdom manifest in the flesh. How much better it is to receive that instruction 
than silver. And the knowledge that comes from that wisdom of the Lord Jesus Christ, the choice gold. Verse 11. Wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that may be desired not to be compared to it. Verse 12. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence, and find out knowledge of witty inventions. Verse 13. Fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogancy in the evil way, and the froward mouth do I hate. Verse 11 again says, For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. And yet, what does the natural man, not possessing the Spirit of God, not having been born again, not having been quickened from the deadest of trespasses and sins, what does he covet? He doesn't covet this wisdom spoken of here in Proverbs chapter 8. No, no. If anything, he's coveting the material, temporal things of this life that he can see. For he, being a sinner, does not walk by faith, but by sight. So he covets those things which he can see rather than the invisible wisdom that comes from the invisible. God of heaven and earth, who was manifest in the flesh, a sinful man. It is written, verse 14 of Proverbs chapter 8, Counsel was mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. So, in order to possess an understanding of the truth, that leads to life and life more abundantly and forgiveness of sins here and now, it causes one to have power over sin, death, and the devil. One must know him who is understanding, the Lord Jesus Christ, the wisdom that is spoken of here in Proverbs chapter 8, the wisdom that is speaking here in Proverbs chapter 8. He says, counsel is mine. Even so, he, in union with the Father and with the Spirit, is the Godhead, the one true God, three in one. They, before the foundation of the world, they predestined all things according to the counsel of his own will. And known unto God from the beginning of the world, his works were told in the book of Acts. His counsel was his. Speaking of Jesus Christ, this wisdom speaking here, in whom we have redemption. Through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. We're going to see here how this wisdom possesses riches. Riches, eternal, spiritual riches. But also in Ephesians chapter 1, we read. Whom also we have obtained that inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him, who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Indeed, wisdom says here in Proverbs chapter 8, verse 14, counsel is mine. Verse 15 says, by me, kings reign and princes decree justice. Verse 16, by me, princes rule and nobles, even all the judges of the earth. When I think of that, I'm reminded of how it is written in Colossians. Speaking of Jesus Christ. Verse 14, in whom we have redemption, through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Verse 15, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Verse 16, for by him were all things created that are in heaven, and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. Verse 17, he is before all things, and by him all things consist. We jump over to Colossians chapter 2. We see all the more how this wisdom that is spoken of, or this wisdom that is speaking through the word of God here, as it's recorded by Solomon himself here in Proverbs chapter 8, is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we read here in Colossians chapter 2, For I would, starting in verse 1, For I would that ye knew what great conflict I have for you, and for them at Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh. Verse 2, That their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God, and of the Father, and of Christ. Verse 3, and who are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge? So in Jesus Christ, in the wisdom that is speaking here, in Proverbs chapter 8, 
we see that all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hid. And so we must be hid in Him. If we were to know the, tre the treasures of wisdom and knowledge that are found in Him. Verse 17 of Proverbs chapter 8. Wisdom says, I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Here's another good way to show how God ultimately does not love everybody. But wisdom itself does not love everybody. It's obvious here. Wisdom says, I love them that love me. So those that don't love wisdom, wisdom doesn't love. Indeed, the foolish shall not stand in his sight, the sight of God Almighty, for he hates all workers of iniquity. It is written, Psalm 5, verse 5, Psalm 5, verse 5, and those that seek me early shall find me. Oh, Lord, help us to seek you early, and we shall find you. Amen. Verse 18, he says, Riches and honors are with me, yea, durable riches and righteousness. We talked about the spiritual riches that are ours in Christ Jesus, and the honor that is ours in Christ Jesus, and that wisdom that came down to the Word made manifest. Such honor that we're even made to be seated in heavenly places with him on high. He says in verse 19, My fruit is better than gold. My revenue than choice silver. Verse 20, I lead in the way of righteousness, in the midst of the paths of judgment. Verse 21, that I may cause those that love me to inherit substance, and I will fill their treasures. And again, through Jesus Christ, we have an inheritance, incorruptible in the heavens, that fadeth not away, preserved for us, even as we're kept by the power of God. According to Peter's epistle. Verse 22, the Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way, before his works of old. I will set up from everlasting, from the beginning, wherever the earth was, it is written, Jesus Christ is the Word, St. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Without him was not anything made that was made. He is that true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born, not of blood, nor the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Verse 24. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water. Verse 25. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills was I brought forth. Again, without him was not anything made that was made. St. John 1, talking about Jesus Christ. Verse 26. Proverbs chapter 8. While I had, yet had, he had made the earth, while as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world. Verse 27. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the depth. Verse 28. When he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep. Verse 29. When he gave to the sea his decree, the water should not pass his commandment. When he appointed the foundations of the earth, and reminded of how it is written of our God in Psalm 136. Whatsoever the Lord pleased, that did he in heaven, and in earth, and in the sea, and in all deep places. Whatsoever wisdom pleased, that did he in heaven, and in the earth, and the sea, and all deep places. Oh, the wisdom of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, by whom all things consist. Proverbs 8, verse 30. Then I was by him as one brought with him, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him. Again, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was with God. Verse 21. Rejoicing in the habitable part of his earth, and my delights were with the sons of men. Well, his delights were so much with the sons of men that he came down to die for the sons of men. Indeed, for all of sin and come short of the glory of God, but God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. 
For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. For by grace he is saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, any man should boast, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart, and God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Well, but the fearful, and the unbelieving, and the abominable, and murderers, and whoremongers, sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars, shall their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. We're told in Revelation 20, the death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. I tell you nay, because if ye repent, you shall all likewise perish. Continuing on here in Proverbs chapter 8, verse 32. Now therefore hearken unto me, O ye children, for blessed are they that keep my ways. Verse 33. Hear instruction and be wise and refuse it not. Verse 34. Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the post of my doors. Oh, may we learn to wait on the Lord Jesus Christ. May we learn to wait on the wisdom of God. He shall renew our strength in due time. Verse 35. For whoso findeth me, wisdom says, for whoso findeth me, findeth life, and shall obtain favor of the Lord. He that sitteth against me longeth his own soul. All they that hate me love death. Continue it on. A couple verses down here. Proverbs chapter 9. Wisdom hath built her house. She hath hewn out her seven pillars. Even as wisdom hath built her house. I'm reminded of how Jesus, speaking of his building the house, the church of God, said that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He said, I will build my church. Even so, wisdom hath built her house. She hath hewn out her seven pillars. Pillars, speaking of foundation. And indeed, no other foundation can man lay than that which is laid. That foundation being the Lord Jesus Christ, the very wisdom of God incarnate, as God manifest in the flesh. Verse 2 of Proverbs chapter 9. She hath killed her beast, she hath mingled her wine, she hath also furnished her table. I'm reminded of how Jesus Christ is the wisdom of God incarnate, the wisdom of God manifest in the flesh, comes back in his revelation, and he slays the beast, and all those who are like unto beasts, made to be taken and destroyed there at the battle of Armageddon. And read all about it in Revelation chapter 19. She hath mingled her wine. Wisdom hath mingled her wine. I'm reminded of how Jesus there at the Last Supper, the Lord's Supper there at Passover, St. John 6, as it's recorded, how he partook of the fruit of the vine and said, This is my blood. Speaking symbolically, of course, this is my blood. In the New Testament, shed for many for the remission of sins. She hath also furnished her table. Mind of how the wisdom of God came down as a man in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. He has a table prepared for all those who are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. She hath sent forth her maidens. She crieth upon the highest places of the city. Whoso is simple, verse 4, let him turn in hither. It's for him that warneth understanding. She saith to him, verse 5, Come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine which I have mingled. Forsake the foolish and live and go in the way of understanding. Even so, there is a great, great wedding feast prepared for all who come unto the Lord Jesus Christ and are washed of their sins in his blood and are granted repentance of the life everlasting. Here and now, know the life more abundantly through him. Yes, there's a great supper prepared up there in heaven. And it's the wisdom of God says, Come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine which I have mingled. Are you going to be there? Are you going to be there? I pray and I hope that you will. May it be given unto you from heaven, even as John the Baptist declared him. Man can receive nothing except to be given unto him from heaven. May you come unto Jesus Christ this day and be reconciled to God, no longer enmity with him, no longer alienated by wicked minds and by wicked minds and by wicked works. 
by the wicked minds of those who would seek to lead you astray. All the more as a sheep having gone astray and trying to turn you to your own way. No, may you come unto the Lord Jesus Christ today. He said, except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Hey, you were not born right the first time, for behold, you were shaped in iniquity, and in sin did your mother conceive you, as a result of the fall, whereby it is written, speaking of that man Adam, wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world of death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. You must be born again, and just like you couldn't do anything good to get born into your earthly family, you can't do anything to get born into God's family. Jesus Christ said, this is the work of God, that you believe on him, whom he hath sent. This has been the word of the king. This is Evangelist Timothy Groover. Till next time, God bless you and yours.